Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. MJ Network will bring you there. This is Fran Lewis. This is MJ Network. MJ, a memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce, and I'm waiting for Vincent Zandri to come on, and here he is. My phone is waiting until the last minute. Yeah, I know you did. Nothing like waiting until the last minute. Hi, how are you? Oh, hanging in there. And let me put my glasses on so I can see. Yeah, it's it's been a rough one this week. What can I say? How you doing? I know. Same thing for me. Oral surgery, uh, you know, the flu, you name it. But I'm going. I just keep going. We got to keep going, yeah. I was looking on Facebook yesterday, and it's very sad. Uh, One of the authors that I'm very close with passed away, Dr. Maxine Thompson. So I was like, yeah. uh, She was... was, Probably the most wonderful friend I had in a long time, and I was one of the few people that she had on artist first. And when I put wow. my new book out where well, two weeks ago, when Maxine didn't say I'm wanting you on my show, and you're going to stay up till ten o'clock to do an interview, I knew I, was, I knew it was bad. So people, uh, wrong we, we lost a great agent. She was a great friend, and if I needed advice about something, I knew who to call in California. So yeah. This, this series is really cool, and I really wish that Moonlight was a real person. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, well, and, he is in my mind anyway. Yeah, I know. He he really is tough and he's dangerous. That's what I like about him. So, before yeah. you create a series or a character, do you uh, do you create several plot lines, or you just sit down like you normally do and write, and it just comes? No. I do. I just sit down and write. I mean, like the first one, I wrote the first one. Uh, it was my third book, actually. I wrote it way back in 2001 or two, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, on the heels of that, that big Delacorte deal. And uh, I needed to come up with a new series. And, like, I was just going through a really rough period and whatever and, I mean, I wasn't going to commit suicide or anything like that, but I, I just imagined a guy just at the end of his tether, you know, and putting a gun to his head, but then he thinks about his kid, and he, you know, he he backs off at the last second, but the gun goes off anyway, and a little piece of bullet lodges in his brain, and it's it, 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 it can't be operated on. So, like, whenever he's under moments of stress, he can at best pass out or at worst he can die, right? If it shifts Mm because it's right up against the cerebral cortex. And it also causes him to make bad decisions at the wrong time. So I just thought like this would be a unique character who any second, so that's the way he lives his life, you know? And uh, 
Um, so like, you know, he's, everybody's like, you know, you, you're just out of your mind, you know? And, you know, and you see, he's sort of like, he's sort of like that Mel Gibson character in the, the, uh, the Beverly Hills cop series, you know, he's kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, uh, I also, originally Moonlight was like a part-time masseuse. I don't know if you remember, like in Moonlight Paul yeah. was a part-time masseuse. And I got that idea from a, a really crazy dude I used to work out with at the gym. Um, this guy, Brian, I haven't seen forever, you know, because um, he was a part-time masseuse. And the only reason he did it was because he he would, he, he would, he would, he would give massages to housewives, you know, oh, and, cool. uh, and like the husbands would be downstairs but but he would give the he would he would give the wives upstairs he would give them happy endings. <laughs> I so could like, imagine. And so I just couldn't. I was laughing my ass off when he would tell me his stories. Like you know, the husband would be downstairs watching the ball game, and he'd be upstairs with the wife. Um, and so like, but but that faded off. You know, that faded. The masseuse part is is in his past. You know, um, but it was a good. It was a good, uh, you know, kind of, you know, it was it, Moonlight Falls is when he's just starting to get into being a PI or whatever, and and now he's, well, you know, how many cases has he had since then? Like a million, right? You know. Well, his, he handles the cases the way people should handle them his way, and that's why yeah. I said I wish he was real because he could handle something and maybe to get done faster. What did I say? Yeah, yeah, he's not afraid to like. You know, he doesn't believe in any one political party. He doesn't believe in anything like that. He just does his own thing. He's just his own man. And, uh, you know, if, if, it, if, if it's expedient to shoot somebody, if they have a gun, he's going to do it, you know? Not a problem. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So. And he's also he's also very human, you know, like he can get the shit kicked out of him, which he often does. You know, he's not a Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in down deep, he's got a heart somewhere. Oh yeah, he's got a real big heart. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yes. he's it's it's it, there's a little bit of the um, you know like the Tin Man in him kind of thing um, mm-hmm. in that you know he he believes that he could die at any moment, but like you know like uh, the APD often hires him, and and the guy who hires him is the chief homicide detective, Nick Miller. And Nick Miller's like, he's like, you're just a head case. You you just think you could die at any point. But he's like, you're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you, you know. He's like, no, no, I really do. I have this thing with my, you know, there's a little, he's like, yeah, I've heard it before. You know, we all know the story. He doesn't quite believe him, does he? No. Except if, except, except if you made made McMillan have the same thing as, as Moonlight, then maybe he would believe him. What can I say? Right. Yeah. I often, I often wonder. <laughs> I often wonder if I could, you know, give them, some, give somebody what I have, and maybe then they would understand. But nobody does. What can I tell you? So yeah. Moonlight, Moonlight is an original, and the first one was Moonlight Falls, right? And Moonlight what, Falls what is made, the original. What What made you decide to create a series like that? I mean, it's different. Mm. Well, first of all, like I said, I was going through like desperate times, right? I needed a new mm-hmm. book deal like like crazy. 
Um, and I couldn't go back to Delacorte because uh, um, the uh, the two books that they put out for $230,000 got so screwed up. So I couldn't go back to them. And I had, like, you know, like a new wife and little kids, and I was like, oh, my God, I desperately need a new a new, a new, um, a new character, and I need a new series, you know, because, you know, series are more attractive to, to publishers, you know, obviously, than standalones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I wrote Moonlight Falls, like, almost in desperation. And um, I, I th- at the time, I had left my agent, and my agent was leaving the business anyway to become, believe it or not, a magician. But anyway, that's another story. But um, believe it or not, believe it or not, um, I get a call from, uh, I send it out to a couple agents, and I get a call from Suzanne Gluck at the William Morris Agency, right? And Suzanne uh-huh. Gluck at the time, at the time, she's the best, best literary agent in the world, right? Best, hands mm-hmm. down. Um, powerful woman. So, like, she calls me down in New York. She's like, come on down, and we're going to go over the manuscript. And so, like, I'm, I'm hungover, sitting at her desk, and we're going over the manuscript. And uh, and she's like, uh, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll sell this and, uh, you know, whatever. And, uh, okay. So, turns out there were no buyers because it was still so close to that Del- that failed Delacorte deal that no That's one wanted bad. to touch me. Yeah, no one wanted mm. to touch me. And so, Moonlight... Moonlight Falls just fades into oblivion, and Suzanne Gluck now wants nothing to do with me, right? Like, it's, you know, okay, so that's typical. So then I went on to write The Scream Catcher and uh, wrote, wrote that in desperation. And, and, and this, this kind of thing went on for, like, almost four, uh, four or five years. Like, it was four or five years of desperation. My second wife left me after only 36 months. You know, she's like, I'm out of here. I can't take this, you know, because I refuse to get a real, I, of course I refuse to get a real job, right? And uh, we were literally down to our, like our last 500 bucks. And uh, and that's after making like a lot of money. So, and what happened was um, a small press picked up Moonlight Falls and then another small press picked up Moonlight Falls after that. Um, it, it sold really well. And then because it sold well, um, uh, Thomas and Mercer gave me uh, $50,000 to, to publish it for a third time, along with a, um, like two or three other Moonlights and a couple other books or something like that. And so then, yeah, and now, now like Moonlight Falls is into like its sixth edition, Moonlight Rises is into like its fifth edition, and and on and on and on and on and on. And, uh, now uh, Down and Out Books is publishing all the new ones plus the old ones. And um, I also write now, um, like, novellas that I put out under Bear Media. So Moonlight, Moonlight, it took a few years, but Moonlight is alive and thriving. I, I couldn't put down the last one that you went quietly into the night. Norman? <laughs> oh, that one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a standalone, yeah. but... Uh, I read that, and did, but you know what? I agree with you with agents. I've been getting these really weird emails from this one person. I don't. I ignore them. Um, I wrote yeah. a book. 
in 2009, 2010, before my sister right. died. My name was Bertha. But growing up with my sister in the South Bronx, and I think she was sorry I wrote it, but um, <laughs> I keep I keep getting things like, um, you're going to win an award if we if we publish it, if we republish it, oh, you're yeah. going to win an award. Yeah, yeah, if I believe you, I'd be an idiot. Um, yes, yes. Just this, they could yeah, just fell off the turnip truck. They're just trying. They're just trying to get money, whatever the heck it is. And I, yeah. I just said, I don't even answer. I don't even answer them at all. I don't even care. Yeah. So, yeah. how many romantic interests does Moonlight have? And I like Lola. Um, he's never with one person for very long. Um, he was uh-huh. with the love of his life, Lola. Yeah. Um, who worked with him and whatever, and she was she was she was the love of his life, and uh, um, she ended up in Moonlight. I think Moonlight Rises, um, getting into a bad accident. She actually died in the accident, but you know, like she mm-hmm. was revived. But her brain isn't hasn't been the same, and she she suffers from like long term memory loss, so she almost has no idea who he is anymore. And uh, he's he's basically he's basically had to give her up. And I, I kind of wrote about them um, and their saga in in Moonlight Weeps, and that was the Moonlight Weeps was the book because it's he finally she's she's finally back in Albany after being in the hospital and all this stuff and. And it's kind of a subplot, but but Moonlight Weeps is directly related to her, and that's that's the book I introduced Fat El- Fat Elvison, and uh, that was the book that won. Uh, that I, I've often I've often talked about this on the Writer's Life or whatever, but Moonlight Weeps won the the Thriller Award, and then it won mm-hmm. the Famous Award, and uh, everybody at Thomas and Mercer got pissed off at me because they thought Degoni was going to win the award, and. <laughs> Not only did I win it, but I won it with Down and Out. So they were especially pissed off. And uh, my relationship with them was never the same after that, you know. But uh, but who cares, you know. You know. They, they, well, they love other... me. They, they send me books all the time. It's just that their authors don't do um, interviews, any of them. And it's, yeah, and it's, 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 they don't, it's they don't do strange... interviews. They just... I said, yeah, it is because I asked. I just read um, "Good Good Dog, Bad Cop" by David Rosenfeld, and it's yep. it's hilarious. I mean, he writes yep. the same stuff all the time. But I said, does he do uh, interviews? And then there was one uh, I read, "I Will Find You" by Harlan Coben, and nobody does interviews. Right. Yeah, I don't know why, but um, I I when when I was with Thomas and Mercer, I I was interviewed by the New York Times. They did a piece on me, and I was on Fox News, and I was on Bloomberg TV, and all this sort of stuff. And at the time, they were kind of like, and I came this close to being on even 60 Minutes because they mm. I they they kept wanting me to talk about the Hachette Hachette versus Amazon, right? Remember that problem back a few years back? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, um. So I was given my opinion about it, and eventually the uh, publicity agent at Thomas and Mercer, who now, who now is like a junior publisher over there, she's mm-hmm. like, "All right, can you stop? Can you stop doing interviews, please?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, really? Okay, I guess so." Anyway, um, 
you know, for me, I thought it was good publicity, and, and it was, you know. And uh, I'm proud of those interviews, whatever. I would think that they would be really glad that that you got yeah. in and that you then that you won. Well, Downa now sends me books too, and yep. and yeah, I get some of them from them. The, my my only complaint with publishing companies is that you got to make the font so Frank can read it. The fonts are so yeah, small. I, I just yeah. got a book that's 481 pages from a publicist that sent me two books. One that made me cry, and I'm going to interview the author because it was so sad, and a true-life story of abuse. And the other one looks really interesting about AI intelligence and this whole other chat thing, and I can't see the pen. It's so small. Oh, so my I God. Have to yeah, and he sent me the PDF. He offered to send me the audio, and I said no. And I just sent um, an email to my pals at uh, wherever, and I'm waiting for a quote. And if they could do it within a reasonable thing, I'll have to ask them to print it out. If it's more than I think for 481 pages, I'll just say, oh, well, I tried. So yeah. how, how do the titles add to the plot line? When you create a title for the book, like Moonlight Runs, Moonlight Weeps, how do you decide the plot and how it connects, the, the title connects to the plot? Yeah, well, obviously the branding is Moonlight. It's got to have Moonlight in it. Yeah. And so, um, and the other words will be directly connected with the plot one way or another. Like Moonlight Weeps is obvious, but I'm not, if I were to tell you, the, you know the connection it has to the book. I'd be giving away, giving it, giving the book away. Moonlight, Ri Moonlight runs, which just came out. That's obvious. He finds himself literally on the run from like these garbage, you know, these corrupt garbage people. You know, they want to, mm -hmm. they want to toss him into the back of one of those garbage disposal trucks and all that sort of stuff. Um, Moonlight falls. You know, it's about his fall. From Grace, Moonlight Rises, about him picking himself back up, you know, by the bootstraps. Moonlight gets schooled, you know. He That was my favorite he, one. <laughs> yeah, he ends up falling in love with this teacher who sleeps with, this, this hot teacher who ends up sleeping with her students, which is based on a true story. New York Post covered it. Um, and I knew the woman pretty well. Um so, yeah, they all have – the the titles are almost like short summaries, you know, very minuscule summaries of the book. So the hardest thing sometimes is – with the, for the, I read how many books? Too many, right? And how many yeah. books within private investigators? More than I can to tell. So how do you yeah. create the person he has to investigate in the novel? How do you decide who his turn it is that he's going to investigate, and how do you decide if it's worth his time? Yeah, it just it just sort of happens. It's uh sometimes it's um sometimes it's like, you know, the Albany Police Department might be overloaded and they got a case that's either cold or they just can't handle it and, and, and you know, or it's a conflict of interest somehow because of politics and so they'll hand it over to Moonlight. And sometimes these things or sometimes it just falls into his lap. Like uh, Moonlight gets schooled, you know, he gets approached by this by this woman, you know, who's who's cheating with the kids. She gets approached by his husband in the middle of the night. He's like, I, I, I don't know how to help you. And the guy blows his own brains out right there in the middle of his living room. You know, so 
it just sort of happens, you know, um, and it's always some screwball, you know. It's always some screwball who approaches him. Um, you know, uh, Notorious Moonlight's going to come out in, I think, next month maybe? Um, and that one takes place in Saratoga, you know, during the thoroughbred racing season. And it just it, it involves, you know, like uh, this rich crime or this rich um, divorce lawyer couple who are buying drugs from like one of the trainers in Saratoga and like it's, it's again it's just one of these plots that just 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 developed organically you know um, I had no idea I was going to write about Saratoga but I did oh that's strange yeah it just happened so which which Moonlight which novel do you think really embraces Moonlight the most and why I think uh, I, I always suggest I always suggest Moonlight Weeps. I think it's it's uh, I think it's my best one, um, mm. and it's got it's got some real people in it. It's got Fat Elvis in it, and Fat Elvis really brings some comedy to you know what would otherwise be like a really dark situation you know he brings levity to it and he's the exact antithesis of, of moonlight so i think they work really well together um and he's just fun he's just really fun because he's so cheesy he's just really fun to work with and uh um, i love it when i don't always do this obviously but i love it when moonlight ends up going against uh like the russian syndicate and stuff like that and mm. uh you know, and I'll bring in Hollywood sometimes, and um, and it's just to me it was Moonlight Weeps was the, was the culmination of his relationship with uh, Lola. It represented the end of it for good, and uh, um, you know, there's a little bit of my ex-wife and, and Lola, and, and uh, <laughs> it, you know, so there was that. It, it kind of was like you know, okay, this is this is over now. Move on to something else. And that's so. I, I, there's a lot of personal stuff in Moonlight Weeps, and uh, well, there's a lot of personal stuff in all my books, but um, but that one especially was, uh, you know, that one I'm especially, I'm especially proud of. I think I, I got it right, and it won those awards. So I guess I guess uh, other people thought the same thing. Well, the one I just read quietly into the night is definitely you. The whole book. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, could, yeah. I knew right away, and I, and I, I mean, I love Norman and stuff, but um, right. I, I didn't get blindsided on this one. I had a funny feeling, and yeah. then when you ended it, I won't say how you ended it. I go like, "What? Is he really going to do that? Are you serious?" Yeah, that's yeah. why I thought maybe you were going to write a sequel because of the the last page. Yeah, probably not. No, I'm not going to write a sequel on that one, but um. But yeah, that movie was based for that movie. That book mm. that book was based on an old movie. You know, the plot is not mine. The plot I I mm. there's an old movie from like the nineteen forties called like something like On a Train, I forget what it was called. But a guy wakes up on the train and he's like, uh or a woman does. I'm not sure if it's a guy or a woman. And the person's like, uh, where am I? And the, the person sitting next to him is like, I don't know, you got on in, like, Grand Central Station, you know, with me. Mm. 
you know, and that's 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 the, that's the similarity in there. But uh, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool idea. I'm gonna rip it off. <laughs> I think about ripping off some ideas once in a while too. Um, yeah. By the way, so, uh, yeah. If you're if you if there are some new writers out there, whatever. There's nothing wrong with um, nothing wrong with like taking some old plots and reviving them, making them new again, making them making them your own. Well, I, I just saw something on Facebook and I didn't say anything. Um, the cover of my book, you, you know what it looks like? It's got skeletons and stuff. Well, yeah. there's, there's an author that stole my cover. <laughs> Definitely has oh, the no. same cover. Yeah, and then somebody else wrote something. Um, I started to write from the point of view of the dead person behind the gravestone when my sister died. And I went to the right. cemetery and I said, if you could tell me what happened, what would you tell me? She had a heart attack right. and her husband, he never called 911 for 45 minutes. So I said, if you could tell me what happened, that would be helpful. So I you know, asked everybody else, somebody's doing the same thing. How rude. What can I say? Oh, yeah. It's that, a good idea. That, yeah. That's... But that's 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 like highway robbery right there, you know. That's that's not. I know, yeah, and you can't cool. even say anything. So when creating his dialogue, I love him. Right? You see, the, the what I really love about him is that he does. He just says it however he wants to say it. Right. Yeah. He he can't control what he says sometimes. He, he just like he has no filter at times, you know. Whereas like. Uh, Jack Marconi will be very brooding, and he'll think, mm. think he'll think before he speaks. But uh, Moonlight just says what's on his mind. He doesn't care who he says what what to, and he doesn't care who he says. You know, he doesn't care who he's talking talking to either. You know, he just comes out with it because he's a head case. But I like him because of that. Yeah. So you have Nick Miller. How does he get away with? He talks to Nick Miller the same way. He doesn't care. And why does he put up no. with him? But he actually, he can't handle the cases, so he's got Moonlight to do it. Would he ever ask yeah. somebody? Does Moonlight ever ask somebody to help him or work with him, or does he just screw around by himself? <laughs> no. Uh, you mean Miller? Um, yeah. Um, no, Miller's first choice is always Jack Marconi. But Marconi will be busy or something like that. And he's like, he's mm -hmm. like, you know, and Moonlight will say to him, he's like, I'm the best guy you have. I'm the best, you know, PI guy you get to work with. He's like, no, no. He's like, and he'll tell him, he'll be like, no, uh, Marconi's the best. You know, he's like, he's like, I, I, he's like, I only go to you if he's busy. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, he knows he's crazy, you know, and like, he, you know, he'll, They'll be, he knows that, like, with Marconi, there won't be nearly as much collateral damage as there will be with with, with Moonlight, you know. And that's why he's so much fun to write about, because, because, of, because of all that collateral damage. Well, that's what makes him even more special. But you have a whole bunch. I got, I got the books in front of me on my phone. Yeah. And so what's the difference between him and Jack Marconi? Because you've written a few with him also, and how come I never read them? Yeah. Um, Marconi is, he was my first detective, and um, I sold a lot of those books. Um, mm. He's he's older, um, and he comes from a prison background. He was a supervisor of prison, and he's, 
he's more brooding and he's more thoughtful and he he's more put together. Um, he's much more like a Spencer because and and go figure because they kind of kind of based him a little bit on Spencer, you know. Um, mm. And he he often works with. Um, I mean, you know my my character Blood, um, who is a uh, um, an African American guy. He's like six foot six and just totally put together. Um, and he plays both sides of the street. He, pl- he plays on the legal side. He plays on the illegal side. But it, but he always fights for what's right. You know, maybe someday I'll write a, a blood series too. But um, he works with all these guys. He you know he'll work with Moonlight and he'll keep and, and if he works with Moonlight, it's usually because Miller's called him and said keep 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 Moonlight in line. But if Blood works with Marconi, it's because uh, Marconi really needs the help. And Marconi is the boss. But uh, um, it's, you know, and, and all these guys, you know, Steve, there's, then there's Steve Jobs. He's a little bit wild, too. Yeah. But uh, all, yeah. these, all these guys know all these guys know each other. And Mo- Moonlight is actually Steve Jobs' neighbor down on the uh, Port of Albany. So what would happen if Moonlight, Steve Jobs, and Jack Marconi all handled one case for Nick Miller? Yeah, um, I've actually I've attempted it, but it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, but maybe one day I'll do it. Maybe it'll be it would be a big book, I would imagine. Um, you know, I mean these guys are close. I mean, like even uh, uh, Moonlight and. Uh, and and Nick Miller actually share the same dog, uh, mm-hmm. this dog, um, this dog Manny, the Chihuahua. Sometimes he stays with Moonlight, and sometimes he stays with uh, Steve Jobs or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, it would make it would make for an interesting book for sure. You know, because they're also different, but the same. That's that's true, but you you um, what you call it? Write books within the page limit. I can't stand these books where the where the pages are too where there's like nine hundred pages. Yeah, I don't want to write that kind of book. I think that kind of thing is outdated. Um I try to write short chapters. Um I try to write a novel that's anywhere between forty thousand and sixty thousand words. Um, just like they used to do it in the old days, you know. Um I want people to be able to finish a chapter in a few minutes. I don't want to to have to sit there for a half an hour, you know, and I'm still, and you're still not done with the chapter. Um, I, I just think that's uh, um, the wrong way to go, especially in 2023 when you're so distracted. Uh, that's why I work with very few developmental editors. At present, I'm not working with any, um, mm-hmm. because uh, I think. There's a lot of developmental editors out there that do more damage, damage than good. Um, they take away your voice, and they take uh-huh. away your style, and they uh, they take away your character, um, what makes your character tick, um, and they homogenize everything. And and uh, that, that's that's that that that's why sometimes you think of a book you read about five years ago. And you're like, geez, I can't remember if it was a Baldacci or if it was a Lee Child or if it was uh, whoever, you know, because they're all so homogenized, you know. And 
I, I don't want to be like that. I want I want I want people to be like, oh, I, I totally recall that Dick Moonlight book because it's so different and he's so unique. Oh, I agree with you because how many books is Fran read? Too many, and there are a lot of them that have to know the main one main character, and I'll just read the book and I go. God, why is this person in the book again? The same, the same character, just a different plot, and it's yeah, just nothing. And I mean, I'm reading a book now for an interview. I won't say what it is, and it's a good yeah. thing that I read the first three, because if I didn't read the first three, I would have no clue as to what this one was about. And what the author is doing is taking the book from before this and rewriting it in this one, because it's about a terrorist attack. And oh, okay. the, the main the main character is being accused of killing um, somebody during the attack, the the killer, and there's a state oh. senator that's after her. So I'm saying, like, if I didn't read the f- book before this, and then I ran my book review, and I go, like, I would be not lost, but I would say, like, wait a minute, where does this all come from? And it's taken right. me to, I, I read, take 200 pages, and I have another 100, and I think I'm going to skip to the end. Sounds about right. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, see, it, and I'm not knocking anybody who does this. God bless you if you can write a book about a terrorist attack and get a you know, a couple hundred yeah, grand for it or something like that. God, God in bless a, in you. In a but, school, in a school, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I stay away from stuff like that just because I, I like, like, turning like something that's an every everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Into something that just blows up into a big shitstorm, you know. Um, you know, a, a, a moonlight runs. You know, like a garbage truck, a big garbage truck is running them down, and they find, you know, it just turns out they find three dead bodies in, the, in a in a garbage dump, or you know, in a garbage dump. And like, that's something that happens, you know, and it's an everyday yeah, thing. Yeah, it does. And it's, yeah, and it's an everyday thing, and it's like, well, I, that kind of fascinates me. I want to write about it. I want to find out. <laughs> What, what goes into that kind of thing, or um, you know, or two moonlight weeds, two two Russian thugs want to be in Hollywood, you know, and uh, that was cool. Whenever that was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whenever they they like hold a gun on somebody, you know, and they're like, okay, let's 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 recite the lines from like a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, or whatever, and it's just that's the stuff that interests me, you know. Um, just one person up against it all, but, but like, you know, um, the big terrorist plot thing is, uh, I don't know, just doesn't interest me. I, I got su- surprised when I was reading this one, and it came yesterday, and I usually finish them in two hours, and I said, I can't read this whole thing, it's too, too much. But before I forget, this is going to be very exciting, Monday. March sixth, March thirteenth, I am going to interview one of my students from my school. And Michael Taylor has created Team Spartan Spades for young black students, Spanish students, every kind of teen that needs to lose weight and eat healthy and learn how to work work together as a team and everybody getting along together in these in these races and these workouts. So Michael's coming on on Monday, and I am so excited because Michael will tell you that the reason why he turned out to be so wonderful is my fault. Yes. Very nice. Me, yeah, it's my fault. He he was in somebody else's class, and my friend Tom, who I miss, 
would throw him in my room and go, he's your problem now. I go like, why did I inherit this child? And I'm glad I did. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> he's not that much younger than me either. And he's yeah. like, if you, if you saw him on the street, you'd probably walk away. But he's got a heart of gold, and I'm so proud. On the 20th, the author of The Path of Peril. On the 23rd, Joe Millman, Midnight Call, we think. On the 27th, a very sad uh, Panacea project, and it's a medical thriller. It's really scary. And on the 30th, the coronation, and it's not the kind of coronation you think. That's just March. And don't forget Charles Salzburg in, and Donald, Don Bentley in April, we think, we hope. And um, when, you, when you write a book, how long does it take to write a book? And how do you decide when you finally write the last – how do you decide that's the last one in the series? Or don't you? Um, it takes about a month to write a moonlight full, – a full moonlight thriller, um, or, or about two weeks to write the uh, a 25,000-word uh, novella. Um, and, you know, that's working part-time, whatever, you know. I'll be doing other fiction and some – freelance, you know, journalism, whatever, at the same time. Um, there's going to be no end to the Moonlights that I know of, and no end, even no end to the Marconis, even though he's getting older. Um, you know, these guys are just going to go on and on until uh, I face plant on my computer, and that's, and they bury me. And uh, and then you'll be doing, uh, you'll be coming to my graveside, and you'll be doing a Beyond the Grave about me. <laughs> Let's hope not, because yeah, I, 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 you know, it's funny because the clouds. When the clouds this morning, I got up and I said I need air because I'm gonna be able to function. And I looked at the clouds and the clouds were pink. And when the clouds oh. are pink, I know my sister's watching me. It's oh. just I don't know why. Yeah, it is. I could it matches my pink highlights too, and my purple ones for my mother, and, right. and the blue ones for my mother, and all sorts of crazy colors. But the pink, the pink clouds—you just never know. Moonlight, we're gonna give you a color too. All right, that's funny because uh, I watched—I watched the other night. I watched um, the Sixth Sense. Remember that, the Bruce Willis movie? Yep. Uh, from like 1999, and it was the first time I'd watched it since I watched it the first time when it first came out. Mm. And I thought I, I thought it was really great, and and it was you know um, I was like I was like they could have like you know it's kind of like a modeling movie you know and it's kind of like sad in a way and you know and mm. the little the little kid I was like they could have turned this all around and the the little kid could have used his sixth sense to be evil <laughs> you know like he could have you know he's like I can read your mind and like I you know he could have ruined people's lives you know and. Uh, you know, I don't want to. You know, if anybody hasn't seen, it, I don't want to give the plot away. But uh, I was like, they they could have gone a completely different direction with that movie. No, I, I agree with you, but I was uh, people complain that sometimes I see things better than they do. I'm very perceptive, which is not good, right. probably. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, I I I can walk up to a person and hate them in five minutes and say I don't like them. I can oh, tell yeah. right away. It's bad. Yeah, I'm I the know. same way. See, that's what we got. I'm the same <laughs> way. I think a lot. I, I think a lot of writers are like that. Like if I go to, if I go to a bar, you know, and I sit myself down, not near anybody. I just want to have a beer and like mm -hmm. get the hell out because because I've been work, working all day and I just 
in my bedroom and I just want to get the hell out, right? And I'll mm-hmm. sit, you know, and I'll be like, oh, fuck, here comes this one person. I just don't want to, you know. Not that I'm this crotchety guy, you know, like, but it's just mm-hmm. like, or if somebody comes in, like, I don't even know the person, but I know right off the bat, like, all right, I don't like this person. <laughs> you know, like, and it's the same with, uh, it's the same with a lot of, uh, one of the reasons I don't go to a lot of a lot of conferences, mm. uh, you know, some people are like conference whores, they go to every single one. Um, I don't know if it makes them feel more like the writers or not or something like that, but I feel like I'm a writer when I'm actually writing and traveling and stuff like that. But um, I'm just I, – I avoid the conferences because it's inevitable that I'm either going to say the wrong thing to the wrong person or I'm going to end up taking a swing at somebody, <laughs> you mm. know, and, and it's just going to get ugly. And, you know, and also in this day and age, it, 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 it doesn't take – all it takes is someone to look – at, at a young woman, say, and for her to say, yeah. like, um, oh, oh, he, he, you know, like, he, he um, made me feel uncomfortable and, like, he, he you know, he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, uh, you know, um, he touched me the, the wrong way or something like that. That's all it takes. And there was a rash of that going on for a while. And so I was like, you know what? I actually am a touchy person, and if I like you, you know, I, I am like, you know, I, I will treat you like, you know, special like that. Like you, I've, how many times have I hugged you, friend? A million times, right? It doesn't. Yeah, it, doesn't um, it doesn't bother. But depends. But you know what, Vincent? It's funny. It depends on who. It, yeah, it depends it, on who. It depends but you, on you who. know me. You, right. Yeah, I know you. You know, know me. It's and you, okay. you, yeah, and and then, and, there's, and then there's the guy that grabs you, whatever. I wa- I walked right. into probably, and I love this pizza place. <laughs> I walked in yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to go today because they make me the salads that are so to die for that I could actually uh-huh. eat. And I walked in, and the guy, the man says to me, I don't even know his name, and I've been going there for forever. He says, what's the matter? Right. I said, I need, a, I need a new face. I need a new head. I need a new stomach. <laughs> I need a new everything. And he looked at me right. and says, but you're perfect the way you are. I said, you see, your eyesight's bad, too. What can I tell you? <laughs> That's and then funny. I, I, I spoke to somebody on a, um, somebody's answering machine the other day. I won't say who. Because you never know yeah. which miserable person from my other side is listening, and the girl right. said my I said my name, and the reception the uh, service said, "Oh my God, you look so good! I know who you are." I go, "Really?" <laughs> she actually looked me oh, up. Oh, that's great. I don't know how good that's that great. is, but whatever it was, so she said, "Oh, your picture's great." I said, "As long as you think so." What can I? I don't change my picture ever. So right. When when you're writing this series, what are the major character traits? that make a reader and reviewer like me want to read more? I mean, besides um, Moonlight. So I think, well, you you started off even by saying, like, there's a lot of me in yeah. my books. Yep. Um, and I think that's part of it. And I think when you when you put a lot of yourself, I mean, like Charlie or Dick Belsky or any of those guys could have, you know, if you asked all three of us this question, you'd probably get three different answers. But at least mm-hmm. from my point of from my point of view, um, I try to write the books as honestly as possible. Sometimes I go off the rails. Um, I've had a couple of develop. I've had a couple of developmental editors say like, "Oh, you, you're going off the rails here with this," you know, or 
And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what I like to write, you know, and, and, you know, and some people like to read that stuff. And um, so I just write it the way I see it, and I write it the way I want to write it, and it often it often um, is fun to, like, put whatever situation I'm in at the time, you know, put some of that in there. And, and I think by doing that, the book comes off as uh, – you know, it, it books comes off as being, you know, I, this sounds ridiculous, but it comes off as being a lot more honest, mm. you know, um, and people can, re- I think, okay, so therefore maybe people can relate to it a little bit more, you know. Um, it's kind of tough to, to relate to people who are um, trying to stop a terrorist plot or something like that. Um, not that I haven't had terror in some of some of my books, like the the, the uh, Sam Savage books have some terror plots in them, but I kind of you know break them down into a, like a uh, individual human human form. It's like you know it's the personalities take over, and it's not all about the terrorism. I know. Anyway, that was, I gave you a rambling answer there, but yeah. No, it's it's the truth because, you know, I've taught in a school, tough school in the Bronx for a million years. Never mind how many people, just enough. And we never had a terrorist attack, but we did have intruders. And we did have parents that came in with guns. I do know. Uh, They didn't point them at me. They pointed them at somebody else, and I convinced them, but I talked somebody down. And the principal looked at me. I said, I can't believe I just did that. For real. Right. Um, wow. I've had, yeah, violence. I think the worst thing that ever happened was a third grade teacher, a parent came. The parent must have weighed 500 pounds. I weighed, well, at that right. one point I weighed 200, whatever. And she was going to punch her son. Oh, no. And like an, yes, and like an idiot, I got in front of him. She punched me instead. Oh. And she didn't mean to. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I had a, yeah, broken rib and everything. And she started to cry. Oh, yeah. I said, I could have you arrested because you were going to hurt your child who I love. And he didn't do anything right. that, but she cried. She was so scared. I filled out an accident yeah. report, an incident, whatever. And I go like, are you losing your mind? It does happen. It's scary. Oh, sure. And people have written yeah. about schools like that. And she apologized and she prayed that I didn't have her arrested. I couldn't do that. So I knew she didn't mean yeah. it. Right. I mean, you, you just you just never know what's going to happen when you walk through. I'm doing one um, on May May um, first with uh, okay. Derek McFadden, Dick Belsky, Lee Matthew Goldberg, and Jeff. Bond. We're talking about different kinds of questions that people ask you, and different right. kind of conversations. And we, I'm trying to find out: Do people do reciprocal questioning, and what kind of questions do you want uh, readers or people that meet you to ask? It's going to be different. Oh, that's interesting. I, well, let me. I don't know want to ask me anything. <laughs> you want to? If you want to be in on, just let me know. It's like, what kind of questions do you ask when you're in an interview, and what is your focus if you you're doing an interview? Do you give the questions beforehand, and what type of questions don't you want to answer? Oh, that's funny because, like, when you send over, you're really good. You send over. Um, a bunch of questions ahead of time. Yeah, um, yeah. And Most I and, don't. And, and 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 don't get mad at me, but I I almost never look at them because I I want to do know. it. <laughs> I want I want I want to be surprised at what you ask me. I want I want to I want to I want to um I want I want the answer to be organic. I don't want to be thinking about what I'm going to say. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I never look at them. Well, a lot of a lot of publicity. I, I go through the blog tour for Partners in Crime. And by the way, right. people, April 24th to May 23rd, guess who's going on tour with Partners in Crime? You got it, the brave one right here. I'm doing it. And, yeah, they're um, great over there. They are. They are great, but they prefer the questions. And right. they, because some of the authors, believe it or not, and this is driving me crazy, will say, I won't answer these because I'll answer these, and I go like, oh, God, well, what? I mean, there was one author that I that literally, um, there was nothing, no spoilers. I had to literally rewrite all the questions. And I said, if this happens again, <laughs> I won't interview the person. Uh, yeah, right. I was like, are you serious? I mean, even Iris Johansson, who I love, she will, you know, X right. out a couple, but she won't do that. And then she'll say to me, oh, what the heck, I'll answer it anyway. Oh, she's great. Oh, that's great. But I mean, yeah. I, and then in the middle of an interview, somebody said to me last time, not this time, but two weeks ago, um, I don't like your questions. I said, that's too bad because you're going to have to answer them anyway. I mean, I, I understand, you know, sometimes you don't realize you throw a spoiler in or something like that. But right. basically, I try not to, and I don't put spoilers in my reviews, ever. No. But I, but I will. No. But I will. But I will say this: that if a book takes me more than two days to read it, yeah, one can. Yeah, you, go, so, you go. You like crazy. Yeah, I'm in on that. You yeah. can put me in on that. I mean, I think that'd be an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, yeah, you could put me in on that one. Okay, um, I'll just I'll just add you to my to my list of whatever. Yeah, these I'm gonna I'll send everybody the questions because you know me I you know I have to send the questions, sure, but um, it should sure. be interesting because different points of view uh, would really be great, especially right. since and Derek McFadden was on last week with the Santa Claus Agreement, and I didn't know that he was doing um, content editing too. So he said that he would, if if I ever get done with my next book, if I ever get done with it, uh, he would read it. Right. But I have to, I have to think about it. So what's next for you? Yeah. And what series are you working on? And what am I getting next? So I have something to read that I want to read. Uh, you're gonna get uh, Notorious Moonlight next month. Okay. Um, which I think you'll love. Um, I am working on a brand new um, Chase Baker book. Um, oh, finally. Chase Baker and the, yeah, Chase Baker and the Hunt for Nazi Gold. And okay. before that, though, it's going to be Chase Baker. It, I'm working at, I'm putting together Chase Baker and the Quest for the Holy Grail, which I, That's you know, so I have two brand new full-length Chase Bakers coming out. Um the Holy Grail one I researched in Turkey last April. Um, and mm-hmm. also last week, um, Young Chase Baker in the Well of, well of the Souls came out. Um, I should get you a I copy get of that. that. I know. I didn't I, get that's that. that. You know what? That's a, um, the paperback is not ready yet. But as soon as the paperback is ready, I'll send you a copy. Because um, that's a bare media book. And I'm writing... A really a kind of a departure book that I actually think you would like. Um, it's okay. called the woman with the woman with two faces, and it's literary suspense, and it's very much it's very much based on my relationship with um, with with my ex to a point to a point. Um, but I I I intended it for it to be like a ten thousand word short story. Mm. But it's current. It's currently up to like twenty five thousand words, so it's probably going to be a short novel. 
Um, that, that is good. Then, that is good. Yeah. And then I've, I've had a lot of fans asking for, um, can you write some more uh, Moonlight um, uh, novellas and novelettes? So uh, I'm going to try to do three or four of those and put them together for a collection as well. I'm glad if I could write 5,000 words. Actually, I'm very impressed because I started, it's called Faces in the Mirror. And the face in the mirror that you're looking at is your own because you've done something wrong and that face is going to get even with you and show revenge on from the person that you did something wrong to. And you don't know, yeah, yeah, you have no idea who's going to wind up in the the mirror after that. So, yeah, it is cold. Uh, Some of the stories, once again, will be true because sometimes you just got to get even with somebody that upset you, but whatever. So where yep. can everybody get all of your books? Just go to www.vinzandry.com. It's, brand, it's a brand-new website that you and I has created. Um, they're a really good mm. company. Um, vinzandry.com, or just Google me. Google my name, and you'll get everything you need. Um, it's, it's not quite completed yet, but it's getting there. And, and I'm proud mm. to say I think, I think I'm the first – Author, I have the first author website that has a movie theater to it. Oh, wow. Um, in other words, I have, if you go to the movie theater part, you get a, a huge list. Well, it's going to be huge one day. Of, uh, <laughs> all these old all these old film noir movies and adventure movies and uh, some documentaries and things like that. So you don't actually need to, like, spend all sorts of time. Like, if you want to watch some film noir, you don't need to go to YouTube or anything like that and search forever. You can just go to my my website and, boom, they're right there for you if you want. And uh, all my uh, Writer's Life podcasts are available there as well. Um, you can also, on my new website, and this is important, um, mm. anything anything that's published under my own Bear Media label, you, you can purchase directly off the website if you like in in electronic form. So you can get either a uh, PDF, uh, a Mobi file, or an EPUB file. So this, this, this new website is very, very, it's much more interactive, much more, much more customer friendly, much more fan friendly. Um, and I look really good in the photographs. <laughs> so, oh, okay. And that, I better watch so that's out the, then. That's oh, the important boy. thing. Yeah, that's the Uh-oh. important thing. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So that if I see yeah. you, I'll, I won't know it's you. <laughs> well, you know something? That would be an interesting thing for a panel to talk about websites. I've never done that one. Websites and how yeah. you create them and how you get reader interest because I'm getting a lot of stuff yeah. for people that want to create. Yeah, I would. Be, I may actually put one in for that. For maybe for you should May because, or June. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll help you with that because um, – Yeah. That would be great. Selling, selling, selling directly off your own website now is yeah. is like one of the most popular, one of the most uh, fastest, fast, fastest growing business models in in the publishing industry right now. Um, so it's it's really a very important topic. Then I'm going to figure it out. But thank you so much. And, Thanks, uh, Fran. What, what Thanks do you for having me once again. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh well, right now I'm going to lift some weights, and then and then you know what today is? Today is Vince goes to the tax man day. I have to go to my well, account and figure, figure out my taxes. 
Oh, I, I don't let them figure it out. We just hand it to the guy and say, as a matter of fact, our tax guy is Vince, Vincent. And we just hand it to him and say, let us know when it's done. And then my husband yes. goes over it because I refuse to deal with taxes. But that's not me. It, it's, I, have to, I, I bring all my stuff to her, and I have to – I have to be there when she goes through it because I'm like the only author that she has. And so she'll have questions and things like this, you know, that, so, um, and, you know, we try to get it right. Of course, you know, we don't want to get, uh, um, well, I don't worry we don't about that get, as well. Yeah. And, and I always bring her a book because she reads my books and all that stuff. So she's very nice, but, but it kind of ruins my day. You know, I'm not going to get my 3000 words in today, Fran. I've, I've only gotten a thousand so far. Well, maybe but, you need uh, to write something about an accountant that's corrupt. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm well, well, actually, well, in, in Moonlight at School, isn't the guy, isn't the guy who commits suicide an accountant? He might be. I forget, but yeah, um, I'm always making fun of accountants on my on the writer's life. <laughs> yeah, you know, as long as you don't me. make fun of us reading specialists, what could I say? <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Brad. It's a beautiful day outside. Thank you, Vince. Everybody have a great day, and bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.